Why on earth is lucid dreaming so mind-bogglingly complicated? Well, in today's Lucid Dream podcast, I want to give you a new way of looking at lucid dreaming and a new way of looking at what being a lucid dreamer is that will help you to understand the intricacies of lucid dreaming and also maybe make you feel a little better about yourself. I'm Daniel Love of thelucidguide.com. I'm a sleep and dream researcher and lucid dream teacher, so it's my job to help to keep you motivated on this wonderful journey into the mind. And in today's podcast, I want to do just that by making you think about lucid dreaming in a completely different way. One of the biggest difficulties being a lucid dream teacher is that our inner worlds are so utterly unique. Each human being is a unique expression of the universe, and what I mean by that is the way you think, the way you imagine, the way you remember, the way you use words, the way you perceive, the life you've had is all absolutely unique to you. Unlike other subjects such as cooking, we are talking about inner worlds which we don't have the language to express, and even when we do have words in common, we may be using those words in a very different way. And this is something I think we all forget on a day-to-day basis. We assume that other human beings are basically replicas of ourselves perceiving the world in the same way, only with maybe a different set of memories and maybe a few different personality traits. But the reality is we may as well each be a unique universe with our own ecosystem when it comes to how our minds work. So many of the problems with teaching lucid dreaming and talking about lucid dreaming with other people is that we are trying to interface two entirely different operating systems. Now let's take a really simple example. Right now I want you to hold out your hand, palm up, and imagine an apple sitting in your hand. Visualize it there. Now if you're watching this on YouTube, then share your experiences in the comments below. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to visualize that apple as best as you can. Try to really see it there. And then in the comments, explain how well you saw it. Was it an identical replica to reality? Was it barely there at all? Maybe score it from 1 to 10, with 1 being not there at all and 10 being the same as reality. And this is where things get weird. Now, you probably think that most people have the same psychological abilities as you. But if you're on YouTube and you read through the comments, you'll see that people's ability to visualize varies massively. This isn't just in what they're visualizing. Maybe some people saw a red apple, some people saw a green apple and everything in between, but also their ability to actually do this. Now, this is just one aspect of the human mind, the ability to imagine things in physical space. Now, for example, I am what is known as aphantasic, so I don't have a visual imagination. It doesn't affect my ability to lucid dream. In fact, it's beneficial for that. But if I try to visualize an apple in my open palm, there's nothing there. I can remember what an apple is like. I can smell an apple in my mind. I can hear the sounds of an apple, but I can't visualize it. And there are some people, I know this because I've tried this experiment with thousands of people, who the apple may as well be there. They can see it as if there was truly an apple in their palm. And for those of you wondering about aphantasia, 
Oddly enough, I've got a strange experience with that. When I was a child, I had an incredibly powerful visual imagination. I could see things as if they were truly there. And then one day it switched off and I no longer had the ability to visualize. So I know exactly what both of these states are like. Anyway, that's neither here nor there when it comes to this discussion. Because the point here is, is that something as basic as visualization, if that can be so very varied amongst individuals, how many other variables are there? How complicated is it for us to share ideas about our inner worlds when we have no idea how differently other people experience reality? So please bear this in mind when watching or reading content about lucid dreaming or discussing dreams or consciousness with other individuals, that you are essentially speaking to an alien, someone who sees the world and experiences the world in a completely different way. And their use of words may reference something entirely different from what your use of that word might reference. Now, this isn't helped when we also have vague terms such as consciousness or awareness or lucidity. It just gets incredibly complicated. Suddenly, we find that we're using the same words but talking about entirely different things. So one of my roles as a teacher is to build an interface so that these two different operating systems can speak to one another. And what I mean by that is, with the thousands of students I've had over the years, each person has a unique inner landscape, and I need to learn to share my inner landscape with theirs so that we can be talking about the same things so that my ideas can be beneficial for them. Now, fortunately, there is a way around this because language is a very, very low resolution tool, a very blunt instrument. And this is where metaphor, analogy, and parables come into the mix, and even mythology. Teachers of old were very aware that human brains could not interface directly, and there was a, a hack to get around this, which was the use of metaphor and analogy. And those of you familiar with my work will be aware that I use parables and analogy a lot, and this is why because it's a way to share complicated ideas that are high resolution with another brain, with another operating system, and bypassing some of those filters and those issues where we're not connecting on the same level. So one of my goals is to always look for metaphors about lucid dreaming that will be understandable to the largest group of people. And that's a very long-winded way of saying that I have an analogy that I want to share with you today. And it is something very similar to lucid dreaming. I want you from here on to think of lucid dreaming like being a surfer of the mind. You are a surfer. Now, imagine you're someone who surfs and you want to go out and ride some waves. The riding the wave is the having a lucid dream in this metaphor. Now, what would you need to know? Now, imagine this is a world where there is no, there are no cell phones, there's no internet, there are no weathermen. What would you need to know to be able to surf as often as possible? Well, 
you'd need to be part meteorologist. You'd need to know weather conditions. You would need to know the right paths to get to the best beaches for surfing. You would need to know times of year, times of day, when the tides are just right. There would be a lot of things involved in just knowing that when you're going to the beach that it's worthwhile in the first place. But then, once you're there, if you've established all the conditions correctly, then you need to start understanding the right clothing to wear, the right board to have, the right waves to catch. The list goes on and on. And we haven't even got to the complexities of learning how to surf in the first place, being able to simply balance on the board. Surfing and lucid dreaming are very, very similar. Lucid dreaming isn't just balancing on the board of the mind and riding the wave of a dream and controlling which direction you go in. It requires just as many variables and skills as learning to surf would take. And this is one of the most robust analogies I've thought of. There really are few things as close to learning how to lucid dream as learning to surf and all the things that would be required for that skill. Even the fact that surfing, riding a wave can only last so long. There's only so long you can stay balanced until the wave itself dies out. This is exactly the same as riding a wave of REM. REM can only last so long. There's only so many things you can do to extend the length of a dream. Now, this is something I really want you to get your teeth into, to really ponder as much as possible. Start to think of yourself as a dream surfer, what would it require if you were going out, learning to surf, how many things would you need to know? Think of psychology and the weather of the mind, how that plays its role, how different techniques play their role, etc, etc. I'm not going to unpick this for you because half of the power of this is learning to unpick it yourself. But whenever you're struggling with lucid dreaming, learning how to lucid dream, then start to think of it in this way. You not only get to feel pretty cool because now you're a dream surfer, but you will also have a much wider understanding of the complexities of this subject. So hopefully today's podcast has given you a little aquatic food for thought and a new way to think about lucid dreaming. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll see you in the next Lucid Dream podcast.